I'm Andrew O'Hagan, host of a new podcast from the London Review of Books. It's about the bloodiest and most controversial event of the Falklands War, the sinking of the General Belgrano. Margaret Thatcher was accused of a war crime. The truth would only emerge in the pages of a private diary. This is the Belgrano Diary. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the London Review Bookshop podcast. To find out about our upcoming events, visit londonreviewbookshop.co.uk forward slash events. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the London Review Bookshop. It's a real pleasure to introduce Edmund Duval, Norman Macbeth, and Alexandra Harris, who are here this evening to talk about Perdon Dosi, uh, this beautiful new book from Hazel Press. And thank you so much to, to Daphne from Hazel Press for uh, organising and making this evening possible. Um, an astonishing collaboration of um, photograph and text, beautifully wedded together, as an object, one of the very nicest books that we've had in the shop for this whole year so far. Um, you all know Edmund as the author of uh, Hair with the Amber Eyes, um, Letters to Komodo most recently, The Pot Book, and acres of others. Um, <laughs> And um, Norman's a photogra- a photographer whose work is beautifully on, on display on this, this, ritzy, uh, this ritzy stand, which he, he very sensibly bought himself rather than trusting to our own dodgy easels. <laughs> Alexandra's most recent book is Weatherland, and she's a, a veteran of these, uh, of these events, and it's a pleasure to have her back in the shop. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you for letting me join in and be, be part of this very special conversation. Um, and the idea of it being a Michaelmas dusk with the leaves starting to blow in at the doorways of London. And what better time and place to be with two extraordinarily powerful thinkers and artists um, who have come together to make this, this book. And Norman Macbeth is an artist, I think, of things stilled and returned to, an artist of luminous presences in the everyday world. Um, over decades as a photographer and printmaker in Oxford and then back in Scotland, uh, now living in Edinburgh, um, he's made a body of work which seems to me absolutely remarkable 
remarkable for its combination of what is pared down and so rich at, at once. Um, he's often worked in series and worked in collaboration uh, with writers, Kathleen Jamie, Paul Muldoon, um, and I've just been discovering uh, his 2011 Simonides series uh, with Robert Crawford, another regular collaborator. But uh, when he made a series of studies of leaves in lockdown, he knew who he wanted to share it with, and that was... Edmund de Waal, uh, whose ceramics just have the power to transform time and space when they're grouped together as, as neighbours in partnership, making music together. Um, he's one of the artists I most admire for the combination of intensely serious questioning and wry modesty and wit that goes alongside the telling of, of histories. Um, so I'm delighted to go up Tregoning Hill in the Cornish rain with him and into the stilled interiors of, of Europe. So it's just fantastic to be here. Um, and now we're going to go on a journey of leaves and words. So thank you. And what I think we ought to do to start with is to go back to the beginning. And I'm wondering, Norman, if you might take us back into, I believe, the spring of 2020. Yes, right, And yeah. explain the idea that, that leaves are everywhere. We keep seeing leaves. What suddenly made you think, this is where I stop now? I'm going to think about leaves. Well, that's a good question. Um, it, it, I'd like to be able to give you a simple answer for that, but it, it, it's rather more complicated than that. Um, one of the complicating factors was the pandemic. Uh, and it's kind of easy to forget now how strange that was. Our liberty was uh, seriously constricted. Things were going out of control. A lot of people were getting ill, and a lot of people didn't really know what was going to happen after that. So there was a background of, uh, of tension, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't easily get rattled at all, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, underneath, I was quite concerned. Um, so that's, that's how I was. That's the position I was, yeah. I was in, really. Um, and uh, we, um, Sarah and I used to go for walks in our limited uh, period in a, uh, uh, a garden in Edinburgh for our allotted time. And there were lots of leaves there. I've liked leaves for a long time. I've photographed them and thought about them. And, but somehow, I saw one or two there. I thought, no, there's something different here. How can that be? <laughs> what have I missed? Um, and I started collecting them. Mm -hmm. I quite often do this. I can hardly go anywhere without collecting something. Uh, I've even got feathers in my other jacket from uh, a walk through Hyde Park today. It's just something I, I, I do. I just collect things and then they're there and I can think about them. And uh, pretty soon after that I'll think, well, I'll photograph that. Uh, that, that that's, that's the final test really. So I was doing a lot of that yeah. uh, and once I uh, so the print from um, one or two of the leaves that I'd done, I knew this was going to be special. Uh, I didn't quite know how it's going to be special, but it definitely felt special. And that's what I rely on. Um, there's lots of things that come afterwards, but it has to feel really special. Um, so when you begin a journey like that, the... Um, it, your acuity, uh, your emotional and visual acuity uh, develop uh, to an extraordinary degree 
Um, and I was just continually surprised at how I had not seen the beauty of these leaves uh, in all this time. So that just led to collecting more and more and more and more. Um, and that was the body of work. And then the next stage is, is how you select them yeah. and how you build up the series. It's, it's one thing to have um, a, a view of something that you've... Uh, it's not a representational uh, photograph. It's, it, it, it's a response, really, a, uh, uh, to, to the subject. But then if you have two, it's a bit more difficult. Um, which order should they be in? Yeah. Um, all sorts of things. And three, it gets Ooh. more complicated. A lot of permutations with three. If you've got 12, you've really yeah. got to be careful. Yeah. So um, you know, these are the things that come on. And all the time uh, that you're doing this, you're learning. You're learning about the subject uh, of your study. And had you early on come to the, the format of the, the blank background and the sense of it being almost a portrait? They feel to me like your portrait. Uh, yes, uh, uh, very much so, very much so. I wanted to, um, I wanted in many ways to, uh, to lift the, um, uh, the, the veil of familiarity, mm. really, and, and, and make mm. people, encourage people, um, mm. show people. Uh, what was there without anything else uh, as a distraction and also to remove the context of, oh, it's just leaves, it's a compost, these are finished. These are not finished, that was a thing. Uh, so I, I wanted to give them really special attention and give them a platform uh, and create some sense of wonder, really. Reading the photographs are about engaging your imagination, and you need to have something different, really, just to just just stop people or, or, or start people thinking um, yeah. and see something in a new way. And, and, and the black was uh, the platform for that. Could you perhaps tell us a little bit about the the leaf that you brought with you that's um, that's there for us all to, all to see? I mean, what was it? What was this leaf like as a, a sitter? Um, well, often they're in gutters, uh, or, or they're in, in, in the street, or uh, I walked quite a bit uh, around the botanical gardens with a plastic bag. I'm quite used to getting funny looks when I'm <laughs> doing yeah. my work, really. I'm either going down on the ground or on my knees. Or, um, so there's all sorts of the practicalities of it, which is quite nice, really. Um, and I'd bring them home, and then uh, Edmund has been talking about this. He's very... I've learned a lot from the collaboration with Edmund. It's just been well, so it's good, really. It's, it's just, brilliant. just leave it a little bit and, and see. Um, I, I know a lot of that, but Edmund's definitely encouraged um, more. Just, um, just let the idea grow, and that's been a great help. That and, and a significant part of the uh, collaboration. So they. They stay um, in, in a box. Uh, I uh, write down all the, um, the times that I've photographed them so I can keep track of them. And then I will give them a really important stage, actually, is, 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 is when I take them out of their box and I'll lay them all out in some, on a white background, actually, some tissue okay. paper. Uh, so they get their first real special space, all in a row, and I can then make a selection but doing that really again changes it uh, they, they uh, I've so much enjoyed that um, yeah. and then yeah. 
you work through that process. I want to come back in a minute to asking about your thinking about Edmund's work and why you went to him, but let's just hear what happened when um, when you met these images. For well, the first so time. there's a background, which is that years ago I didn't give Robert, I didn't, I didn't give you a prize. I mean, that's the, that's. <laughs> I mean, I, I see. So I was a judge for the T. S. Eliot Poetry Prize, which gives prizes for kind of innovative connections to poetry. And there was this beautiful, stunning book you'd done on Simonides, which you didn't get the prize. But I remember, for some reason, but I remember being absolutely gripped by, by, by the images and, the, the, and that, that extraordinary connection between poetry and image in that amazing book. And so I knew your work. And then I, I, there was this email. It was lockdown, as you said, in that strange sort of attenuated moment of our lives. And for the first time in years, I was by myself in the studio, which was wonderful, because there's often a lot of sort of noise and things happening, people. And I was by myself. And there was an email from you um, with images saying, do you fancy it? <laughs> I think it's slightly more elaborate than that. No, but, but these images of these, ex these extraordinary, dense, beautiful images came, came in to, um, into my life in, in a really, in a, a very difficult moment of that year with a very open question. It was a very, very open question saying, do you think you could, I'm right here, isn't this? This is yeah, exactly yeah, what happened. Yeah. Do you think you might be able to respond? Do you think there's something you might want to do? Is this a collaboration? Is there a possibility? And um, what did I say? I don't know. I, I spent time with them. You know, I, the first thing was, of course, is that they are startlingly beautiful. I mean, they are absolutely extraordinary on, on lots, of, lots of different levels. You, you know, they are powerful portraits of, of particular of particular leaves. Um, they have this extraordinary sense of sort of completeness and also of, of um, and we must talk about this, of, of, of something which is, which is about to disappear. You know, you know that, that moment of, 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 of unbelievable fragility um, and, and um, weightlessness. Um, so they have all that feeling of being on the edge of elegy, <laughs> um, which we must, must, must talk about the next few hours. Um, 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 so they had this extraordinary sort of feeling of, of you know, of something, something leaving, something uh, just on the edge of leaving. So, um, um, and of course, for me, they're also shards, they're fragments, they're, they, 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 immediately I was thinking about all those scraps of paper that I, that I, that haunt my life, you know, bits of, bus tickets written on by, by Walter Benjamin and Robert Walser and, you know, um, all, those, all those bits of archival stuff I've had in my hands over the years. So they have all that other leaves and leaves immediately were there, leaves and paper. And all that was happening, blah, 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 blah. And I said to him, yes, I will do something. You did. Yeah, so I just said Bless yes. You. I just <laughs> said yes. Was that what you needed to know. <laughs> Good. Very glad to know Good. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
let's think a little bit more about how you arrived at the, the form that you eventually found for, for writing. Well, you, you, you've, what you've produced is a kind of, uh, somewhere between an autobiography and a reading diary. How did you, how did you get to that form? Um, it, it was, it, do you know, I went round the houses on this. Okay. I really did. It wasn't, it wasn't straightforward at all. And I, you know, and I thought, you know, how am I, how am I going to write something learned about leaves? You know, that's not going to happen in a hurry. Um, and then, um, you know, how, 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 how do I respond to these in a real, in a real way? And I think this is very much of that moment, isn't it? It was, it was so, everything was so, you were so alive and anxious. <laughs> To, Where to, to, were we to, were in the year by this time? Midsummer mm-hmm. of 2020, okay. aren't we? Uh, or yes. a bit later? A uh, bit later, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can Mid-summer. remember actually one time thinking, oh, this is a bit, bit of a big thing I've asked memories, is, uh, you know, with all this going on, is, mm-hmm. and started to yeah. not quite get cold feet, but... I, well, I hope you did get cold feet. I, I, <laughs> I, I felt for the man, and um, in, in one of our many uh, yeah. excited um, conversations that we had uh, as, as part of the collaboration, he uh, very kindly said, actually, I got a lot of solace from this at this time. Mm-hmm. I've really got something from laying these out and I've now seen the big tables in your studio and laying mm-hmm. these out and, and uh, looking at them and just again absorbing. Um, so, so the important thing there was that, that I, uh, is that you sent me actual photographs. So these beautifully wrapped boxes of photographs. You are the best wrapper <laughs> of things in the business. So it wasn't sort of like an old envelope it was these beautiful black boxes with tissue paper between the between the images arrived from Edinburgh the print, and, and yeah. uh, print beautifully printed so I could I could have so they were real things mm. so I was opening a box in my studio by myself and then laying out you know one two and you know in a kind of and so it's a sort of monastic thing of having you know like a book of hours you yeah. know is having these things out so it was. It was a lovely image. That it was, uh, it was I real. Loved that. It was I real solace. And then, of course, immediately, you know, cunningly, of course, it talks to seriality and repetition and those slight gradations of difference, um, which, of course, is the, the beginning and end of everything I do with pots. So it was lovely. And then it began to. I began to think, how can I? possibly write something about this and then I got the first line and then it was oh, it was done let us hear a little bit Can, if you don't mind do you, how many bits do you want oh, oh, we would love perhaps the first half we perhaps first go half. Up to well they're very short don't worry they are, they are short so I mean um, yeah. so you can understand when you hear the first line how this became what oh, I wrote yeah. for you yeah. after the leaves have fallen we return to a plain sense of things wrote Wallace Stevens. He knew about return. He knew that you need to come back into a room to see something again, need to listen to a blackbird, to Peter Quince playing a clavier. Sometimes I think his attunement to winter snow porcelain is here in this understanding for the need for only a few leaves, for the time after they have fallen. You cannot listen to the whole full canopy of a tree in the same way as the sound of the wind in the sound of a few leaves. 
which is the sound of the land. So you pick up a few leaves and you are taken back to childhood to picking up one special leaf and then another and then a better one. This is skeletal, this is on fire. And perhaps if you're inclined, you put one down in order to give it space, to see how it holds itself, how it touches a surface and lifts, to understand the singular in this endless plurality. You cannot count them. As the wind keeps the leaves coming down, you can thread your life in this, in autumns, the fall of leaves. Proust's leaves are cadenced. Childhood afternoons under a chestnut tree in Combray, slowly altering in form and dappled with a pattern of chestnut leaves of your silent, sonorous, fragrant, limpid hours. That's Proust, by the way, it's in quotes, that's not me. The patterns of the shadows become parts of early stories. What had to move, a leaf of the chestnut tree, for instant, moves. Autumn in the Bois de Boulogne, and walk to a temple where the doorway holds an ablation of autumn leaves threaded with gold. Because leaves are ablation. No one owns them. No one can hold leaves. In Nothing Gold Can Stay, Robert Frost says, leaf subsides to leaf and makes leaf rhyme with grief. And this feels right, melancholic, the perdendosi of leaves falling is that of the four last songs, the twittering of the swallows about to depart. That strain again, it had a dying fall, but melancholy is dangerous territory. Walter Benjamin said of melancholia that he came into the world under the sign of Saturn, the star of the slowest revolution, the planet of detours and delays. I know this. The dying fall extends. The delay is a holding on. I play the music again, again. So that's half the book, oh. that's half the book. Can we just give you a clap? Yeah. 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 I'm told that lots of people in this room have already got the book and I'm sure they'll have read it, but to hear it is yeah. really something else. Yeah. It's so well, much about It's not voice. all me, there are bits of other people in there. We do. Um, this, this way in which you bring company together, these mm. neighbours together, with the leaves holding them as a kind of centre of gravity, but it's not about the leaves, that's what's so great. And Norma, how did, how, how did you feel when this came back to, to you? Uh, uh, my eyes watered. Oh. <laughs> it was just so powerful. It was just, um, it, it took a long while to sink in, really. It's difficult to say, really. It, it really did take a long time, and then bits of it really, really uh, came alive, and then it, it joined up. But it did take quite a while. But it was so, it was so exciting. Yeah. It was so moving. Um, it was such a relief. It was a wonderful moment, uh, and also again uh, delivered with such professionalism. Exactly uh, uh, when Edmund said, uh, "You know, it'll be there by then," and that was it. Well, honestly, That's I mean, not if you have, well, I've loved this. Is that the end of our talk? <laughs> <laughs> I love this because actually, this, 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 it's a huge challenge to respond to something yeah. like this yeah. because they are so special. But actually, if you have 12 incredible leaves, one after another, how can you not 
I mean, for me, it took me absolutely straight away to Wallace Stevens and Robert Frost and then, and then Proust, you know, and then childhood picking up leaves. So immediately it was a sort of condensed autobiography of, of reading. It's sort of, you know, and of, of, and of course, you know, the, the way that, that, that you can place each, each of these tech, bits of text ending on a leaf and then start, or yeah. starting on a leaf was just, was just it seemed perfect because that's exactly what you're doing there, exactly what you're doing there. Can I just pause on the, the 12 and ask if it, the 12 has the same associations for, for both of you? I mean, for me, 12, 12 is the, what, the, the months, and you've already talked about the leaves as a, um, as a book of, of hours, um, a calendar, um, 12 books in an epic, but then perhaps epic is the wrong feeling for this. Why, why 12 for you? Uh, for me, I think it was time, really. I think the year, mm. uh, the rotation of it, uh, the, the seasons, mm. the periodicity of, uh, uh, that's behind uh, the subject of study there. Uh, it was a good number. Uh, 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 it's a good number, that's too simple. But it, 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 it's just the right size. It, mm. it, it, you've got to be very careful in any series not having it too large. You've yeah. got to be really strict with yourself. Um, and that was very, very difficult. It was very, very difficult to do, to pare it down. So 12 was, there was a reason behind it, uh, the temporality of it, um, and also in practical terms for the, uh, the book, the limited edition, again, it's, it, it, you need the right number of pages for it to, to work. Uh, if there are too many, um, people start falling asleep. It, it loses its impetus. Uh, you, you need enough to, for people to go in and... and uh, but you've done, you've, done it, you've done this before, so I mean, you know what the shape of a, a limited edition yes. should be, what a portfolio should be, how you open it. I mean, there's so much sort of bodily stuff here. Sorry to interject, but you, 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 know, but you, you know how all this works. There's yes. nothing random, as I know, having unpacked over the years these beautiful boxes, <laughs> nothing random about the way in which you approach this. So you open, the, the limited edition is absolutely a, this is a thing of utter beauty. The limited edition is also a thing of utter beauty. And everything about the pacing of it is important. Um, and, you know, perhaps you should also say about the typographer you've been, you work with yes. as well, because it, the, all of this is part of the understanding of how you approach the, the objectness of this. That's it. It's the object. Um, and uh, what we've produced is an object. Mm. Uh, it's a limited edition object. Um, and it's a performance. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's what I've always liked about uh, these. It's, it's your own uh, little private exhibition, and it's of a size that matches to our size. I always think of these digital watches that you used to get, um, and <laughs> that's the size of my finger, and it was, it was no good. It has to be appropriate to uh, how, how we are. And so uh, when you open it, it's, it's a quiet performance. There's a title page that says that the players, mm. what's going on, and there's a title, and the title is so important. Um, and that's really the first thing that should um, uh, get people's imagination going. So you're thinking, oh, wow. you know, so they're, they're thinking. And then uh, you've got, um, you've got, uh, what else come next? It's well, your name. 
Actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a couple. There's a couple of um, uh, uh, there's a couple of uh, epigraphs. Yes, um, and that's yeah. another. Uh, uh, that's yeah. another guide, really. Yes. Uh, it's not really telling anybody anything, but it's mm. giving people yeah. a start. Yeah. And then it's over to you, really. Uh, yeah. And so um, uh, there's the text. Uh, there's te uh, and, and, and there's the sound of it. So you know, all so leaves are hugely full of sound. And the, uh, the act of opening, of opening it and, and one page over another. So, you know, books and leaves. I mean, you, you really nailed it. I mean, it's because it's, <laughs> it's, it really is, you know, there is that extraordinary sense of, 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 of one material talking to another, one, one sort of experiential thing happening, mm. uh, you know, over. It's, 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 it works beautifully. Yeah. And this, this title, which is a, a musical yeah. direction, to us, and this, this idea of perdendosi, this dying away to a point where we don't know where the thing ends. Yeah. Um, had, had that yeah. been in your mind for a long time, or was it really what came out from the, the leaves? Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the title's very, very important, yeah. uh, really is. Um, and there's a period when uh, any artist is really working on something, and that's that's a big yeah. question. Really, yeah. a lot rests on on that disproportionate amount. So you're thinking all the time. You're looking all the time. You're scavenging. You're just listening yeah. into areas you've never listened to. You've re you know, it's just looking all over the place and, and just quietly thinking about it. And it was in that period, uh, Sarah was uh, my wife was practicing the piano, and um, you know we talk about these things all the time. Sarah's a huge uh, help here and uh, there was this word in, in, uh, on, on the piano. I said, oh Norman, this is like what you've been wow. talking about. Um, Perdendosi. Okay. So, Perdendosi, yeah, is that right? Well, maybe not. No, that's good. So that was, that was a magical moment that, again, that really helped um, in um, making it happen really in a way because there was, there was a handle, there was a, an identity to it uh, that was really very, very important. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a special moment. Actually. It was very, very uh, valuable to have um, uh, discovered that and uh, realised its um, appropriateness. Uh, Credit to Sarah that. Um, definitely. And, <laughs> and Edmund, you really take up this question of whether this this dying for is a holding on or a letting yeah. go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's really painful, isn't yeah. it? Because it's, it, it, it talks to it talks to so much to so many of our well, okay, it talks to it talks to grief, actually, and mourning. It talks to you know whether or, you know the the prolongation of the prolongation of grief and the appropriateness of mourning and and you know. Not wanting to forget people, you know, um, and yeah. there's a one, you know, Freud turns up in my last book, Camondo, about, you know, where Freud talks about um, melancholia. He says, you know, if you if you grieve too long, it turns into melancholia, and melancholia destroys the the the, the, the careful your careful grief turns into something destructive, you know, and, and, and that's Freud being annoying <laughs> and sort of 
directed, but there is a truth there as well. And, and so it's, it's, it's dealing the whole time, all of this is dealing with, the, with letting go, you know, you know yeah. and sometimes you want to let go and you can't. And sometimes you find that you have let go without you, without you noticing, and that can be a shock too. So all of that stuff, all that navigation of, of, of the territory of elegy, yeah. You know, the territory of elegy, which is, which I feel is so at much at the heart of these unbelievably beautiful photographs. And then I just tried to sort of walk, 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 walk my feelings through some of the poems that mattered to me in, in relation to it. And saying very expressly that melancholy is dangerous territory, which took me back to um, your your resistance to sepia sagas, as you yeah. as you've you've called it, in in mm. in traversing very traumatic history. How do you how do you write without sepia and without? Is it without elegy? Is it elegy as a genre that you're well, that, avoiding? I, 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 I think I very carefully say actually in Helen Ambrose saying something like I, about avoiding nostalgia because nostalgia is sticky and and unpleasant and it and it and it destroys it destroys memory um, um, elegy elegy of course is elegy is really important but being elegiac is really awful so it's kind of it's sort of, being elegiac is can 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 be too cadenced mm -hmm. too poetic I'm trying something is that, out here, is this but where, Sorry, yeah. no, try it. No, try no, no. it. But is, that, is that where Wallace Stevens provides such a counterpoint yeah. because he's always bringing you back to the plainness? Yeah, yeah. So Wallace Stevens says, you know, they've gone. And actually, the, and, you know, after the leaves have gone, we return to a plain sense of things. And we need them to go to return to ourselves again and start again. You know, and, and that's Wallace Stevens being, you know, well, being Wallace Stevens. But... Um, but 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 you know but, but with Rilke and people you've got you know I I can't let it go I can't let it go um, and 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 of course it depends which day of the week and what time of the day it is whether you can cope with Wallace Stevens yeah. or whether you're absolutely yeah. kicking leaves and thinking about Rilke as, do I remember as we all right do as constantly <laughs> do I remember rightly that Wallace Stevens is your desert island book. Actually, yes. No one has ever said that to me out loud, but it's true. <laughs> oh, yes. Weirdly. So on your desert island, the leaves will fall and you'll go into that sort of collapse of imagination and be able to come back out of it. It's that, that transition through, almost epic, harrowing down and then up again, isn't it? Um, which, which made me think of what you do with Paul Salan in, the, um, in, in section 11, possibly. Um, no, it's eight, I think. Eight, I think but at yeah. the end, it made me think of the end of The White Road where you, you call your last chapter the breath turn. Mm. Um, and that sense of the elegy, the elegy which goes down into an idea and then comes up again into making. Yeah. So, 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 so you, you, that's the thing. I mean, you have, you have, you have to be totally immersed in something. Mm. Um, you have to be completely, um, have to have given everything over to being able to do this. Um, and that immersion is very important. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Um, and then what happens? <laughs> you know, then you have this—the strangeness of having mm. produced these very mm. 
having to live with what you've done, these very compelling images, and they are ambivalent and complex and generative of ideas and, and not straightforward. They are all kinds of things. So that's the breath turn. So you, you, you've done it. And then there's the pause of actually having, having seen it again. And then you start again. You have to start again. Not now, the second. <laughs> but you have to start again, don't you? Yeah, yeah you, can't, um, you can't dismiss that. Mm. One of the turns in your text is to do with of the abroadness of poetry, um, an idea you take from the leaves which disperse and from Emily Dickinson's sense of, of poetry going abroad. Um, and, and I wondered how you've, you both feel about the, the abroadness of the things that you make, how they're sent out like leaves into the, into the world. It's very Shelleyan for me, the O to the West Wind with the, one's thoughts being driven across the, the world. And you have to release control. Go, little mind book, you know, and, and go go little photographs out into the world, into other people's yeah. minds. How does that feel? Well, um, it's very exciting, really, uh, because uh, you, have, you have invested all your skills and uh, everything that you can bring to a project. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, whether well, like it's, you know, it's worked. And then, um, well, then it has to go out there. Uh, that, that, that's part of the journey. That's what, that's, mm -hmm. Not entirely why you make it, but that's that's part of the whole uh, process, really. Um, and one of the great things about that, not only is there lots of serendipity involved, you know, you don't know where it's going to go, you don't know what's going to happen, but you also learn a lot. There's a great feedback uh, loop um, initiated as to what people think about it. And it can be so uh, revelatory. It can yeah. be completely different to what you're thinking about. There was um, uh, a kind of pretty basic uh, uh, example that I can think about um, is one of the things that really struck me right at the beginning about these leaves is the animation, the balletic feel of them, the dance, the fineness, the uh, character uh, that was in these just bits of dead leaves. They had such life. It was that paradox that I, I think was one of the first things that uh, really um, uh, interested me, um, the, the vitality uh, uh, there. And uh, there was one particular leaf that um, uh, I was showing somebody, and um, somebody saw it as a, as a dancer moving across the stage. Um, that's how I'd seen it. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's, oh. that's all right. And somebody else saw it uh, like an um, uh, uh, arthritic hand. Because it's all, there's just there's no limit to the interpretation. And I see things differently uh, on, on different days, depending on my mood, my experiences, what I've been thinking about. Uh, they definitely alter my perception. Uh, and so they're still giving me new things to think about and, and, and new views of it, uh, despite their constancy. Um, and you've only just started because we're just about to send all these books off into the world. So what's kind of wonderful is, is, is that feeling of not having any agency left at all <laughs> as soon as you've yeah. done this, you know, and it's out. And, and then the idea of, a, you know, your images, these words being in someone's... We very carefully... This is a pocket. This is a book to go in someone's pocket. So off they go into the world, and who knows? And absolutely who knows. And at the breath turn, 
I have, a, I have a sense that this has been generative for you and, and that you're thinking in new ways because of this collaboration. I mean, it's been wonderful for me in all kinds of ways, not only getting to know Norman and, 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 and the joy of connecting with Daphne um, and the Hazel Press, which is a big, huge shout-out for the wonderfulness of this. Yes, so again, yes. another yeah. very good example yeah. of the generative uh, uh, aspects of, mm. yeah. of this work, what's happened, all the work that mm. uh, Daphne has put in, and this mm. book has, has materialised. It's all. This is the second, the second season, yeah. I believe, of Hazel Press <laughs> yeah. publications, all with the same beautiful pocket sized format, yeah. um, and touring the country with Daphne Astor in her, in her van, and um, yeah. Yeah. getting into the interstices of the nation, I think, with these books. And, 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 and just generative, just to mm. say, you know, mm. um, so, you know, I mean, leaves, you know, leaves and poems. So these are these these came out the kiln this morning, which are, oh. are bits of bits of poetry actually written into oh. into porcelain, yeah. you know, and that's that's sort of, um, you know, that's um, 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 bits. That's just, you know, that's just. That's leaves, but leaves turned into porcelain, turned Ooh. into text, and it's it's sort of so it's it's things on the edge of all kinds of, and you can't read them because my handwriting's absolutely <laughs> even rubbish. The noise, even the noise, glancing at my son there, um, my handwriting is absolutely rubbish. But 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 but, but the idea, but but this idea of of the leaf, and the page, and 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 my material, which is porcelain, which is you know. Um, or, or, or they're all sort of in, they're all talking to each other. So oh, generative. Do, do the, all these relate? Is there a sense of these as a sort of collective whole that is scattering no. as you give them out? No. Okay. <laughs> the leaves, the leaves are set. No, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're just they came out of the kiln this morning. Wow, this Who is knows? Wonderful. But anyway, Rosalind, anyway. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Shakespeare that the leaves have tongues. Leaves have tongues. You see, that's Purden Dosey too. You have, yes. to, you have to. This is the thing about having a professor as our interlocutor. It's wonderful. I, I think I just misquoted. Um, <laughs> I, I'm also thinking that doesn't the Sibyl of Kumai make her prophecies written on leaves that then go out into the world? So I think Edmund's prophecies will be passed out to but us. But you also have. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there are all kinds of there are all, all kinds of ways of using using leaves. As, uh, so yesterday, someone said to me, "Do you know Thoreau's sister wrote Thoreau's poems onto hickory leaves?" Huh. Okay, this is the kind of random conversation. So I'm going to have to put it on Instagram. <laughs> show you tomorrow. But actually, words and leaves, words and leaves. Mm. Poems and leaves, they're very close. They're very, they, they've got great kinship. Yeah. So who knows? It's great kinship. That's, yeah. 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 Can I ask, before, we must open it up soon, but I'd love to ask about any lost leaves from this, this project that um, are sort of haunting the edges of it, the, the leaves that got left, as it were. Um, there must be photographs that you didn't choose. And what happens to, to those? And, and Edmund, I wonder, in this very pared back, text of yours, every word of which carries its, its freight, there's a, there are edges to it, there's a, there's a penumbra, mm. and what, where does that go? Nowhere, because actually, no, this, 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 the penumbra's gone, in the sense that actually I, the things that were pared down are, I, I, it was longer, of course it was longer, yeah. but, but, but um, 
gone, 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 left, 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 yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and start breath turn and start yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Again, you've got to be very careful. It doesn't mm. creep in. Yeah, uh, you've made your decision. Yeah, and yeah. and that's it. And See, everything is so much better from having done that. that. And so there's lots of sawdust yeah. on the floor, yep. and that's fine. Shading. That's I, what he said. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Why we get on so well? It's exactly, Wonderful. absolutely what I agree with. I think junior artists in the room and, and junior writers like me are taking note of <laughs> leave things be. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, I've had my fair share of questioning here, and we must open to open to the audience. Um, do put up your hand, and there's a, a microphone which will will come to you. Hello, I was just wondering about the origin of this project at the time of the beginning of the pandemic, and thinking about leaves and that, because I was thinking of Shelley and his leaves. You know, uh, what's it? Yellow and black and pale and hectic red pestilence-stricken multitudes. And then I was thinking of the Sibyl of Kumai and then Mary Shelley's use of that in, in The Last Man in which the prophecy written on the leaves turns out to be a prophecy about a terrible plague. So I, I just wondered if, um, you know, which in that case destroys the whole of humanity, but let's not think about that. But uh, I wondered if, if leaves and pestilence and... I don't know. Is it just coincidence? Is there something more you could say about that? Well, where do you start? Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 no, pestilence is not, uh, wasn't in my mind. It, it didn't trigger that, uh, either because I uh, didn't know about uh, what you've been uh, talking about. Uh, I had a much more naive approach to it, really. Uh, the... All my work is really uh, fueled by a fascination with the everyday, my immediate surroundings, and uh, leaves, detritus like that, automatically attract my attention. Um, so it was. It's also my way of of, of, of questioning what's worth looking at, uh, really. Um, the, the bias of a label, the bias of of. of uh, common experience can just shift how you see it and make you miss things. Uh, so as I hinted or said earlier on about the, uh, the black background, um, it's just something that happens when I'm out there. Uh, I, 
I, I respond to these things, and then the rest I have to work out later what, what it's about, really. Um, it's an emotional response to what I see, and then that, 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 that starts things growing. It, it, it actually is a way of me engaging with the world, learning about the world, and uh, uh, expressing myself, really. But I think this, I th but I think I think what you what you say is really, you know, there's a there is a a toughness about this as well, about leaves, and 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 there's a, a very interesting embedded image, just about the sheer quantity, the 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 multi, you know the vastness of the waste of leaves, you know, which is interesting and actually. The very end of this text, I end up in a, in a, in one of the concentration camps, talking about Goethe's oak. So, um, so you know, um, so yes, as well. Not the Shelley, not the Shelley, but thank you for bringing Shelley in on that moment. But there is something about it's not. This isn't just beautiful stuff. That's the point. That's exactly I, uh, yeah. it. Isn't just this isn't just gorgeousness, you know? It really isn't. It's it's also absolutely about loss, you know, on 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 really quite a deep level. So trying to navigate beauty and loss at the same time, as Shelley does, obviously, is something that I think we're, so we're, 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 we're both right. we're both that's right. We both believe in very much, very yeah. much, indeed, yeah. very much. And also, just actually on lockdown, lockdown writing. You know, we didn't do a 700-page book. <laughs> yeah, it's very short. Um, one very quick question, which is, uh, what happened to the original leaves? And um, did you sort of just bin them or dispose of them in a slightly more ceremonial way? Well, despite, um, <laughs> despite what, uh, what, what the, <laughs> how we agreed on, on, on the, um, you know, once they've been edited out, that's it. Uh, I find it difficult to throw away damaged paperclip. Um, so they, 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 they're still there, um, uh, catalogued, and um, I, 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 yeah, I, I, they're in these boxes, transparent plastic boxes. You know, these really handy boxes, um, A4 size. Uh, with a date. Uh, Tissue paper between them? Uh, not quite that bad. Okay. But um, <laughs> I, I look at them as well uh, and I think, oh, it's... look at that. <laughs> but they're, um, they're not the same leaves that you photographed anymore. They've, they've, they're more translucent, presumably. They've well, shrunk more. Uh, at the stage that I photographed them, they, they, they were almost, yeah, they would be completely desiccated. Um, so they would have been preserved. So that's a stable a state. Okay. That's a stable state. That's right. When they come in to the garage or the, um, my archive room, sometimes they're damp and they change a while. But uh, when I photograph them, they're generally desiccated um, and therefore not uh, changing. And uh, also, uh, yeah, they're still there. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, first of all, thanks to all three of you for this extraordinary conversation. Um, I hadn't realized um, during the course of the afternoon that I would have an encounter in the British Museum just around the corner that um, 
that raises a question for me, for you all, about uh, the passage of time, about uh, this gradual decay, this gradual fading, uh, and also suddenness, thinking back, as I'm sure we all do, to March 2020, although there was some anticipation of the, the pandemic, I, I'm certainly left with the feeling that it broke like a terrible storm with enormous suddenness. And so, if I can piece this together, when I came out of the British Museum this afternoon, I turned into room three, which is a tiny little room just inside the portico, where there are eight objects. And this little uh, stunning exhibition is called The Shattered Glass of Beirut. And these are ancient glass objects that were destroyed in the catastrophic explosion in Beirut in 2020. Um, smashed to smithereens and somehow these objects miraculously brought together as entire or virtually entire vessels. And so if it's a question at all, it's to do with this relationship of um, if mortality is at the heart of it, of, of gradual, uh, possibly prepared for in some degree of loss and then of suddenness, but also in this extraordinary exhibition that I did make me immediately think of these uh, beautiful uh, images. Um, the notion of how renewal might occur. You know, these objects have been meticulously reconstructed out of thousands of tiny fragments. Thank you. Um, but it is a sort of renewal of, of sorts. Thank you for the question. It's a wonderful exhibition, actually, Room 3. Um, this extraordinary object, objects broken and repaired, but seeing, seeing that level of damage uh, to something so beautiful, um, seeing the possibility of repair, but knowing that there is, that, that something is also irrevocable at the same time. And it is absolutely about time, David. I think you're absolutely right. I think um, it's, it's a very, that's a very interesting reflection. I mean, I, I, it's, what, what, what's, it, I think it raises for us as making doing this together is whether or not, you know, whether this book, this project, this um, collaboration survives the difficulty of its inception, the fact that it was done during lockdown. You know, whether or not it speaks to that particular time, um, that really difficult bit of, 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 of terrible time for all of us, and whether it's, it, it's so, it, it just talks to that, or whether it has some kind of, of sustaining uh, power beyond that. And I really rather hope that, that actually what we've yeah. done um, yeah. talk, talk, talks talks to different kinds of possibilities beyond the damage of those of those months and yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it, um, again, we both agree that, that, that although it happened in that time and it, uh, as I said earlier on, uh, exerted some influence on, on, on both of us, uh, 
that wasn't the whole story. That, that, that's just there. I, I wouldn't want it to be um, uh, a, a, a lockdown publication or, or something like that. It just came of at that time. And in fact, it's, um, I, I'm so pleased that something uh, productive and, and, and creative um, came out of, of, of all that. Um, uh, so, so there's some goodness happening at, at, at that time. So yes, I, I definitely would like it to go way beyond uh, uh, that, uh, that marker. This sense of the bubbling party coming in from next door, it seems, it, um, yeah. while we talk about elegy, I mean, it's just, it's just like the way that... Our after party. It is. It is. <laughs> well, we're getting there, we're getting there. Yeah. But it, to me, it feels sort of profoundly related to this way that these little disintegrating skeletal leaves coexist with the next ruthless round of nature's pushing on and the sap comes up again and they have to sit next to each other. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you got the job. I love it, Alex. <laughs> it's nearly over. <laughs> I just, just a great line. I think, I, think, I think these are wonderful. I think it's going to go on forever. It's a classic book. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> and there we are at 8 o'clock. Thank Thanks for listening. To find out more about London Review Bookshop events, visit londonreviewbookshop.co.uk forward slash events. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.